What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Gerald Bailey, and I am a little under the weather. I'm going to still bring it. You can't mail it in, especially with the drop-in. I, I, uh, this show means so much to me that I hope I never come in here and appear that I'm giving you half effort because I'm, I was coughing up along in the parking lot, and I'm like, uh, you know what? I can't. I cannot come in here and be like, hey, I'm not feeling good as to drop in. That's just not what this show is about. So I will bring as much as I can, as much energy as I can this week uh, for the simple fact that you tuned in and I don't take your time lightly. You know, the focus of this show is to inspire you to get off your couch, get up and make life happen. And my guest today, my guest today... He does that every minute of every day. We were just having a conversation, and he's like, you know, as I'm going through my day, these important things pop up, and the things that I thought were important five minutes ago, like, uh, I have to uh, somehow move them to the back burner because this is more important. He, he does so much with photography, with PR work, with uh, supplements. I, I don't even know how he juggles it all. And, and we, we met, I don't know, a year or two ago, something like that. And since then, we have had a handful of meetings and, and talked business and talked about different things. And I'm like, dude, you are an interesting dude. And now we're working on another project together. I'm going to be a guest on his show. And I said, will you please come on the drop-in to inspire the audience across the world of, of the life of Josh Marzek. And, and you get to see that today. So I want to thank you once again. Please Please, please, please share this across the world. We continue to grow in numbers. We're in over 30 countries, and it's all because of you guys hearing an inspirational guest. If you don't like one, tune into the next episode because each guest brings something different to the table, and you will find that one diamond in the rough that resonates with you, or 10, or 20, or all freaking every episode. I don't care. You will find it. Give it a chance, and that's why I do the show. To inspire you. That's the whole focus. And today I'm inspired. I, I wanted to go home and get in bed. And I'm like, no, no, I probably won't go to sleep till 2 o'clock tonight. And it's the middle of the afternoon right now because this show means that much to me. So thank you for taking the time to be here. And without any more, again, I, I prefaced it a little bit. Josh is here today. He brings a ton to the table. So let's get right to it. Josh, thank you so much for taking an hour out of your day because I know your days are busy. Taking an hour to come here to the NRM studio and visit with us here on the drop-in man good morning Gerald how are you oh, I'm always pretty good you know a little under the weather today but the show I'm sure will uh, take a lot well, of that you away Definitely do not seem like it you are pretty much like a reincarnated version of the Red Bull I brought in with me today <laughs> oh my god I feel bad I'm making your uh, COPD come up oh no no we're good I know I know when I laugh I might cough a little bit but um how's the day rolling along man I know you wake up early get going you, you, uh, well it was, how's it was it crazy I, I went to bed right around 2 30 this morning uh we're in the middle of launching a new company um that I'm 50 percent partners in called substash.com um we are just one of Michigan's only retailers for some of the the last legal hardcore supplements and uh it's just amazing being able to be part of that um it's be it's amazing even being able to being in the position to be part of that um but yeah i mean um you know the life of an entrepreneur you know i'll, I'll tell you it's it's all it's not all business you know some days it's you know meeting to go have a sandwich um and then it's you know other days it's you know 10 hours at you know someone else's office it's but it's really what you what you do in those those hours in between when you fill out those blocks 
And uh, there's there's never going to be enough hours in the day to get done exactly what you need to get done. And you just got to be honest with yourself when you're you're making your task list for the day. Get it done, and and most of all, don't forget to leave you know at least some sort of block in there for you for your your mental health. No matter you know what uh, whatever you do personally that you know helps you in that area. Yeah, there's some days I skip over that, and I think that's why I, I end up becoming under the weather because I'm a, I'm an, a, addicted to adrenaline. You know, I still ride my skateboard, play my drums, do different things to to get that adrenaline going. And when I go a series of days without doing those things for myself, uh, I I can feel it. I get grumpy, I get irritable, irritable, and uh, and being under the weather, I truly believe it's because I'm burning the candle at 14 different ends, and I'm not taking those times for myself. It's funny you bring up grumpy because I. I, I uh, I've actually have one of those Trump hats, the red ones. Uh-huh. And instead of Trump, it says Grump. It, and I'm, I'm not political either way, but I I find humor in both sides so that I can make sure I you know, you gotta laugh at it. If if you don't laugh at it at this point in time right now, all you're gonna do is just worry. And no matter who's in the office right now, it's it it's insane. Just enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, definitely, it is, definitely. It's nuts. So so let's start at the beginning, Josh. Talk about you know where you were born, how you grew up, family, those kinds of things. Okay, okay. Well, uh, um, first let's say uh, my name is Josh Marzik. I am Michigan's premier fitness and fashion photographer. Um, at least that's the way most of you know me. Um, the way a lot of you don't know me is um, I have. Uh, other companies that are involved in the supplement industry, uh, PR, uh, web design, even uh, things like packaged meals. Um, and I, I guess we'll, we'll really go into that later in, um, and how some of those things developed. And I, I know a lot of it's going to go long and we'll have to go into different shows about it. But um, to say how I grew up, uh, where I grew up, everything like that. Um, 1986, Ann Arbor. I'm pretty sure a lot of everybody we knew, you know, were born there. Uh, my childhood was pretty much just like everyone else's. You know, being a 90s kid, you know, uh, we had, you know, three acres. So I'm always out with, uh, you know, the bikes outside if it was nice out. Um, you know, I had, I had video games. Uh, I was a kid that was able to have a Nintendo 64 that Christmas. Um, but I, I wanted to point out that I think, I think a lot of people use uh, shows like this to make their struggles seem like they were more. But I, I wanted to kind of... W- one thing that helped me was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in my early 30s right now. And so a lot of the memories that I'm having of when I was little, you know, I get to see them through a 30-year-old's eyes. So... Um, oh, shoot, I lost my turn of thought. Well, I want to comment on that yeah. a little bit because <clears throat> my childhood on paper looks like it should have been rough. Yeah. And my memories are a great childhood. You know, they are yeah. awesome. Like, I think of my dad. He was he, he had a, a, a different kind of way to inspire and, and, and poke and prod me to be the best young man I could be. And my mom had her way. And, and right, wrong, or indifferent, it worked. 
it worked. I get the athleticism of my dad, the empathy of my mom. I'm very lucky yeah. to grow up where I did. And it was community housing. Like I like I said, on paper, it sounds like I should have been in, in, in hell, but it was awesome. Well, see, that's the thing. I'm, even if you put my stuff on paper, I, I don't have hell at all. What I was trying to say is I think every single family has their struggles. Yes. But I think when people come on shows like this, they they think of, oh, my God, I got to make this amazing transformation story. But the thing is, most people coming on had an amazing childhood filled with people that were growing as they age. And if you, and if someone expects you or if you expect someone to treat you differently as you grow, you should be able to look back at, you know, how you grew up and think, you know what, maybe this was a little bit different at certain points. Maybe this was, uh, you know, handled wrong, but are they still making that mistake or anything? I, th I think you have to be willing to let them grow as a parent if you expect them to allow you to grow um, you know, as an individual itself. I hear people say a leopard doesn't change his spots. I beg to differ. I completely beg to differ because I think you can change if you want to change. Uh, you can't change for other people. I mean, that can instigate you, but in, for for true lasting change and evolution, I think you have to want it. I am living proof of that. I'm sure you are as well. You you can look back and see your own personal evolution. Uh, in high school, you were a model student, right? Like straight A's, freaking uh, popular. You were prom queen, king, right? Right? Uh, I was voted most changed, but that was when I went from being like a little goth kid to being like an AFI punk kid. I'm being sort of funny yeah. because in your bio, you're like, dude, I was skate punk kid. I, I really had a hard time in school, and I did it like five times because I had well, to keep I mean, I, I did it. have a hard time, and I also didn't have a hard time. You know, things like music and science, things that were, you know, hands-on, I did extremely well in. But, you know, if you get... Uh, you know, the math problems in me, you know, in front of me, along with like the reading, that's why I really struggled. And uh, for the longest time, I thought I was terrible at math uh, just because, you know, I, I don't know how much you're familiar with uh, the core plus math program, but they turn everything into like a damn story problem instead of it being, you know, this plus this equals this, or they try to make you, you know, figure out this problem by doing it this way. Um, and, and that's why I really struggled with it when I was, you know, having to read the problem out like that. And, uh, you know, I was never disruptive, you know, wasn't a practical jokester. Um, I wasn't, well, I was, but I wasn't when the situation called for you to pay attention. Um, you know, it was just the reading that affected everything. Um, I would end up, uh, uh, end up skipping, you know, class. I would end up, you know, going to the bathroom, uh, just chilling out in there, or even just, you know, not even going to school. Um, and, uh, and, and that was actually really tough because, I, I remember this one teacher, Ms. Heslaw. She was a math teacher for Algebra One. I never, I never graduated Algebra One or passed it uh, in conventional school. I had to do that through, you know, uh, you know, uh, summer school, night school, online classes, uh, Brigham Young University, uh, all you know, from my junior year to my high school, uh, junior year to my uh, senior year. Um, you know, to be able to get enough credits to graduate. So like I, like I was telling you in the email, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that graduated high school doing it three times. Right. Yeah. And that, that's only because my parents' wallets paid for it. Uh, if, if I didn't have helping hands around me, there was absolutely no way I would have graduated. I would have just dropped out. Um, and honestly, it, it was literally just because I was having such a hard time reading. Really? And I, and I didn't even really realize that until later in life when I would have people pointing out different things that I would be doing that just became kind of normal to me. And uh, just the, the more they were kind of connecting the dots, the more it started making sense and I'd read more into it. Um, and then also, you know, people would send me articles. And eventually it's just to the point where it's like, 
okay, maybe this wasn't my fault. And, you know, you know, now, at least in the position I am right now, um, I know that it wasn't my fault. I'm not stupid. I just learn different than other people. I, I have to, um, you know, take the information in a different way. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it's nice. It, it is really nice finally knowing what a lot of the teachers were. I, I don't want to say that they were making me feel that way. But when you're in such a small town, small school, everyone knows each other. You know, I'm friends with the teacher's kids. You know, eventually they stop letting you hang out with the kids because you're the, getting the bad grades in school. They think you're out doing stuff. I never drank until I was 19. I never smoked weed until like 2016. Um, it, you know, I, I wasn't the bad kid. I was, I was literally the guy, that, the, the ideal kid that someone would want their kid to be with if they actually took the time to take out of their, you know, <laughs> this person's accolades mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the, the things that I did enjoy in school, I got amazing grades on, um, did band every single year, uh, art, amazing grades. Um, and then on the things that I did apply myself to, I mean, it was like a no, uh, no issue, hundred percent. Well, and it's interesting nowadays, I'm a little bit, <clears throat> a little bit older than you, but you know, they didn't realize I was deaf in one ear till third grade. You know, they didn't realize that my eyes don't see binocular vision. So I was 35 years old. You know, the, a lot of things um, they didn't detect till later in, in life. And now it seems like they're starting to test for those things a little earlier. So maybe somebody with dyslexia or different kind of uh, things that they're struggling with, they can help them at an earlier state. Uh, I struggle. I, I had to work hard to get C's in school. But when it was something I liked, exactly like what you said, if it was art or athletics, I did very well. And in college, I had an art history teacher, and she taught – uh, she lectured, I took notes, and I watched slides. And I don't think I ever got under 99% in her class. I need multiple touch points to really get it all. And I didn't learn that until I was going to Wayne State University, which is uh, a little bit later than I wish I would have. But it, it all worked out. Everything works out because it should and where it's at. I want to ask you, um, you brought up IU Media in the beginning, and I know that's a huge part. We're going to get in deep into that. I want to ask you what came first, photography or bodybuilding, because those are two very big um, points in your life. Uh, what came first, bodybuilding or the photography egg? Yes. Okay, so uh, what actually came first is photography. Uh, photography, I had my very first studio in 2004 when I was a junior in high school. Um, my very first camera was a professional camera. I've never had just a regular point and shoot. Um, and, uh, I credit a lot of that to my parents because like, no matter what gift I would ask for, even if it wasn't like, uh, you know, the new top of the, you know, top of the line thing, I would be always, I would always be given some sort of professional version of whatever I asked for. Um, and I don't know if that was intentional or, you know, you know, whatever on them. But uh, with me, it really helped out because everything I do, I end up having so much OCD for that you might as well, you know, throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Because, um, yeah, I, I had my first studio in 2004. Um, I did that in high school. And uh, honestly, it, it was just, you know, ex-girlfriends, friends, you know, maybe doing, you know, shooting one, fashion photography kind of thing. Not, not in high school. It was actually more like artwork, okay. you know, uh, nature. Uh, when I was in high school, back before my grades wouldn't or back before my grades um, didn't go bad, 
I actually wanted to be a National Geographic fact, uh, photographer. That was my main goal. I had zero backup plan. Um, and I, I think I had in there like zoologist somewhere because I think at the time I watched a documentary that said you had to at least have some sort of degree for them to even be like considering you for this. And my senior trip, I wanted to go to Tanzania and do some photo safari and uh, – Turns out that's $4,500 minus the plane ticket, and you can't do that. It's expensive. You know, people that grew up in the, you know, the, the upper blue-collar community that I grew up in, you know, they don't do trips like that. You know, that was for the rich kids that lived in the subdivision. Um, I was just the, uh, you know, the kid who I never had to worry if there was uh, food on the table. I was able to turn the temperature to 70. I didn't have to keep it at 68. You know, we always had toys, even if we didn't have them on days that weren't our birthdays or, you know, holidays. And, uh... No, that was great. Um, and then uh, after high school, I kind of kind of put the uh, photography away and everything, um, you know, kind of do the adult thing. You know, you're supposed to fill out the FAFSA. You're supposed to go to school. You're supposed to do all this. And, uh, dude, I've, I've filled out the FAFSA so many times that, jokingly, I tell my friends that I've filled it out so many times that if you, if you put all the times I've tried together into one, it still wouldn't be completing the FAFSA <laughs> once. And um, it's just – it's – I feel dumb for saying it, but it's so hard to read. You know, for someone like me who has stuff, you know, jumping around every now and then, just to go from here to there to there to there to there to there, it's tough. And I end up getting so frustrated, I just, I leave. And uh, I've, that's that's the, the, uh, the journey to my college experience right there, is I didn't even get past the FAFSA. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I remember filling out all that stuff. You know, I went to Wayne State, got a little scholarship for some art stuff. And uh, and what a task. I'm like, if you can even, like, fill it out correctly, they should just give it to you at that point because it's like jumping through hoops. And nobody was there to help me. Where now, I was just recently at Wayne State. They have, like, these computer labs where it's almost point and click, drag and drop. You got somebody here to ask any questions. It wasn't quite like that <laughs> when I was making an attempt to do it. Dude, I mean, like, for, you know, almost the last 10 years, I've had everybody, you know, down my throat saying, when are you going to go to school? When are you going to go to school? But, you know, now that I'm actually making it, I got people saying, you know, hey, I'm proud of you. You know, we always believed in you. I'm like, I'm like, fuck you. You know, you know, you didn't. Right. And uh, and uh, but it's nice, though, because even though it took this long, I don't have the debt that almost everybody else does. You know, we just have my wife who, you know, is amazing. You know, we decided to put the effort into, you know, her going to school and she just finished with her master's degree. Got her. She walked and got her bachelor's and master's the same day. Um you know, uh, she's a uh, first-generation college graduate, first-generation uh, immigrant. Um, yeah, amazing girl. Yeah, she is. I, I saw that uh, just recently that she uh, graduated, and that's so rad because we're going to talk about her a little bit because um, she's from the Philippines. You guys have been married 10 years, and and, and you're, you're so supportive of everything she's doing. Well, you have doing. to be. And 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 it it's it looks like a rad relationship that and we're going to talk about it a little more but you talked about um the tough time in school the different things you've had some incredible incredible extremes extreme ups and extreme downs can you give our audience a little example of of the worst of the worst and the best of the best well i mean i i guess best and worst is all cuz i mean your studio burned out you know your 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 garage studio burned out. Like uh, at a certain point, yeah. Do you look at karma and go? That was uh, two thousand and two thousand and 
2010, I think right. it was. Right, and, and for me, when stuff like that happens in my life, I, I tend to pull back a little bit and look at it and go, is this telling me I should quit doing this or what is this telling me you know i like well, i have i have that kind of insight. well for me it wasn't a, it wasn't a matter of do i have to quit this it was a matter of can i afford to replace what what happened and you know if you don't have that stuff on renter's assurance you know the the landlord says you're sol there's nothing he can do it's just structure and even then he didn't do anything to that you know we ended up we ended up moving out um after that and living with my parents um because uh, I ended up, ended up having uh, like garnishments, and we couldn't afford to uh, you know even live on our own anymore. And uh, you know right uh, you know right when that happened, uh, I even I lost my computer tech job. So it was just you know all this stuff happening at once. And uh, you know right then we're like okay, you know, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna do some more more work? Are we just gonna you know sit here and just dwell on it? Um, and my wife was like you know what? I started school in the Philippines. I had to quit that so that I could go to the city and, uh, you know, make sure I earned enough so that my sick father, not my sick father, but my wife's sick father, you know, could get the medical attention that he needed. So she had to drop out of university and, uh, she was going to be a mechanical engineer and yes, smart girl. And, uh, but yeah, that was, that was tough. So she was, she was finally able to go back and, you know, she started half time. Uh, she started with, uh, online classes and then, uh, you know, ended up going over to, uh, you know, just regular classes and then full time. But anytime she had to be to campus, you know, I would always drive her there, you know, every single time there and back. Um, cause I, I don't know how much of the, uh, the listeners know, but if you're an immigrant, um, getting your license either goes incredibly smooth or they make it a living hell. And for us, it's been very tough. Um, you know, we, she literally like just got her license about, you know, a year ago, maybe about a year, year and a half ago. And so she's, you know, finally learning, you know, everything with that. Um, that's great. Um, but that was, that was really hard because like during the time of uh, going to, you know, school, you know, all of our money would be going towards either, you know, something that she needed for school, like the books which, you know, thank God, you know, she is extremely smart and we're able to get, you know, the, the grants and the, you know, I, I don't know what they're called, um, you know, like the Pell Grants and scholarships and things like that. Um, lightens the load. Definitely it, it lightens the load. It does a lot. Like, we would not have been able to, uh, to afford anything um, without that. So for at least her associates... And a lot of the uh, the requirements for her her bachelor's were paid for completely through like scholarship, um, and then we you know we ran out of that. So you know during the masters we had to you know put tons of stuff on credit card. But hey, you know it, we got it done. You know she got that degree in hand, so that's that's fine. Um, but during uh, during that entire time, you know I was you know building my businesses because. Regardless how many skills I have, I don't have any pieces of paper that says, you took this course, you have this skill, you're allowed to be hired by someone else. So I'm getting, you know, it's getting to the point, I think we're making like 850 bucks a month, which, you know, you cannot have, um, (coughs) you know, a family on that. It is extremely tough. And, you know, that's why, you know, we're extremely grateful, you know, that, you know, we could, you know, live with my, my parents at that time. Um, you know, also, you know, it helped them because, you know, my mom, she also got cancer at the time. So it was, you know, really nice to be able to be there, you know, whenever something was needed, um, you know, I, I'm not really sure, you know, how to, how to say that part. It's, that was crazy. That was sucked. Well, it's sort of a um, blessing to, uh, yeah. you know, this, this tough time in your life. 
allows you or actually forces you a little bit to move back home, but uh, you're needed there. Uh, for different reasons, if it's shoveling snow, if it's, you know, whatever it is, you know, odd jobs around the house, uh, it turns into a great blessing and perfect timing for what was going on. Now, at this time, our... I am bodybuilding at that time. And I, uh, Well, yeah. I was going to ask about IU Media and bodybuilding. IU Media Group was nothing yet. Okay, so let's talk yeah. about bodybuilding yeah. then. So you move back because we have a... We're yeah. jumping around a little bit, but I there's a picture you submitted. Yeah, I started with, 2010. With uh, the the total evolution of where you started to where you ended up because it was quick. It was a pretty quick and, and it taught you a lot about life. Talk about why did you even start? Why would I, I would never think like if I got big, I'd look like a freaking pit bull. You know, I, I'm five foot six and I'm bow legged. If I got j- big muscles, I would look like a pit bull. This series of photos I thought was super sweet because it's it, it's a time frame of five years. But um, why did you even get into bodybuilding, man? Well, I didn't get into bodybuilding. Okay. Have, well, you obviously did. <laughs> I, I I have OCD. Okay. So, anything I do, I I can't not take to the too extreme. So for me with bodybuilding, I okay, this is gonna sound stupid. I started out with that Tony Horton thing, the P90X. Oh yeah, yeah. And then two years later, I'm like, you know what? This is not hardcore enough. I'm gonna bodybuild. So I remember my my first magazine. It was a uh, muscular development. It was like July, uh, 2000. 10 or 2000 yeah 2010 and uh it was jay cutler on the front uh it had the uh the nice uh yellow background him in his crazy pose he's black and white i think and uh i was like you know what i'm i'm gonna look like that someday you gotta have goals you gotta have goals you do you do and uh so you know you, you get to the point of you're like okay well if if i want to look like this what does someone do that is on the path to looking like this. So, you know, I started training, you know, out of the the Arnold Encyclopedia. You know, everybody says you need to buy two of them, you know, one for one to read and the other one to, uh, you know, when the binding breaks on it. And the people that here may say that who have seen that, they'll understand that joke. It's It literally is a book that you could use as the workout. Okay. It's, it's a big encyclopedia. Well, his story is incredible. Yeah. Like, if you like him or you don't like him as a person, if you look at what Arnold Schwarzenegger did, it really it, it set the tone for bodybuilding and to how to market yourself. I mean, he did a lot. Yeah. He was a pretty incredible person. Yeah, but no, uh, bodybuilding was great. And uh, looking uh, at the time, I didn't really realize what I was doing. But now that I'm in a good position and I look back on it, I find it as the, you know, when there's when there's so much going around you that you can't control, I have took it to the extreme of when everything is around you that you can't control, the only thing you control is yourself. So I, I got lost in my little bodybuilding world, took it to the extreme. I competed, did everything like that. You know, I, I had my... Um, the uh, the timers on my phone for my eight meals a day. I would eat them uh, to the minute, every single minute. Totally regimented. Yeah, yeah, everything. Sleep, drugs, everything. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And and I know, um, yeah, who knows where you'd be today? I would, I would be exactly where I was. I would be exactly where I was because one thing you have to realize is that it doesn't matter what you're using doesn't matter, you know, the pills, drugs, anything like that, how much food you're eating. You, as a person, have a genetic limitation. Now, the people that are going to go extremely far in bodybuilding 
from their first cycle, they know right away, like, yes, I'm a hyper responder. You know, there's something here. Well, and then there's other people, the ones who, no matter what they do, no matter how amazing they look to themselves, they will never be competitive even on like the very top of the amateur stage, let alone barely breaking into the, the pro level. So at that time, you know, for me to go from that, you know, from 2010 to 2015, yeah, that looks great for you. But to guys like me, it's a failure because there is nothing I can do to ever look even competitive for a national level stage. We'd have to have a whole conversation about uh, epigenetics and gene triggering and stuff because science is proving some weird things. I believe you 110 percent. Um, and I've never thought of it that way. I figured you could change your diet, change your the way you train, and you could be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Absol I did not absolutely know. Absolutely not. Nope. I had no idea. Yeah. Now, with you, uh, you had a pretty serious health scare, which yes. caused you to back off a little bit. Yes. Well, the health scare actually had nothing to do with bodybuilding. I It was just kind of my exit from bodybuilding, I would say. Uh, 2016... Uh, well, actually, 2015 is uh, the last year that I competed. So um, after that, I started going more so into like business, helping in like the uh, the coaching and the coaching system behind the uh, the team that I was on. So that team is Team Juggernaut. It was created by Carl Jackson. Um, I started out as a excuse me. This uh, Red Bull is coming up to say hello. <laughs> I uh, I started out as the uh, the web guy, you know, doing T-shirts, a little bit of web design here and there, and uh, you know, with with enough help, um, I'm now partners of it. Um, it's brought me partnerships with other companies. It's a uh, it's a uh, been able to allow me to create a income for myself that has allowed me to um, make other businesses as well. When did you pick up the camera again? Because you're... Oh, shit. You're, uh, we, were, hang, we, were, we were talking about the, the heart scare. Hang on. Okay. Yeah, well, well, we'll get to the heart scare in a few minutes because... Oh, no, actually, let's start. Let's talk about the heart yeah. thing because I want to know when you picked up the camera again because your photography of, of athletics is amazing and bodybuilders especially. You, We have one picture. We're going to show our audience in a little bit of Bill Toko, who is a past guest of the drop-in. It's one, it's one of my favorite pictures of, of 2019. It's amazing. Um, but the heart scare, when did that happen? Because that caused you to reel back a little bit. There's yeah. a Toko photo, actually. That photo... Like hey, that, happy Halloween, right? It gives me nightmares, but it is such a nice picture. And Bill was in here, and if you watch the Toko show, that's him. It like has that, to. you would never know because no. he's sitting here and he's the chipper dude talking about fun stuff. That's Bill Toko, and uh, no, that is him. He is one of the most eclectic people I've ever met. Yeah, and you got to shoot some photos with him and get to know him a little bit, and he's an amazing person. Yeah, good um, dude, awesome dude. Uh, but the heart scare, what happened? Yeah, 2016. Um, I, I remember it was November. My business partner was in Disney with his family. And uh, I remember I was, uh, you know, I, I think, I think you know, my wife was real busy with schoolwork. And, you know, we probably had some sort of argument. Because I remember I was on the couch just watching TV and she was nowhere around. And, and I remember just feeling extremely weird. And my, my chest hurt. I had like this, uh, this uh, pain like go, go all the way from up here. And, and I know if it's a heart attack because usually, you know, it's, it's one arm. But for me, it was both arms were tingling. Um, my speech was weird. But it was strange because it was both arms. And I was like, okay, well, you know, this isn't what the, the internet 
articles say this isn't anything like that. Um, so I got really scared with that, and uh, you know, I tried, uh, I tried, um, you know, going to bed on the couch. Just you know, just my nerves are up. You know, it's probably just that I'll feel fine in the morning. And you know, when it gets to about you know uh, ten, ten thirty at night, I believe, and I'm like, you know, this is. I still feel weird. This is, you know, I'm, you know, I, I just, I, I felt like something was wrong. And uh, when I, I'm, I, I make the decision, I'm going to go to the, the ER. And at the time that was a really big decision because we don't even have, you know, the money to consider going to the ER, let alone actually going there. Um, so, so I'm having all this pain. Things are weird. Um, and so I get in my Camry and I drive as fast as I can to uh, Chelsea ER. And um, I didn't care how fast I was going. I knew either whatever was going on was going to take me out or the drive there was going to take me out. Um, and, but luckily, luckily for the people around me, uh, turns out a Camry with, with a, a cylinder down only goes about like 85 miles an hour. Uh, but, you know, with struts that are bad, it sure felt a lot quicker. Um, but, you know, long story short on that, it ends up being a panic attack. Oh. So it's it's not heart attack, nothing related. I didn't have any of that tropin uh, stuff come up. You know the identifier that shows mm-hmm. you know you had some sort of heart issue. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. Um, you know they ran their other tests. You know they gave me a little bit of medicine to calm me down, and uh, they they said that you know what they really thought was going on is a panic attack. And the second they said that, and the the little signals that they said that made them think that. It made a lot of things make sense for things that happened, you know, when I was in like middle school or at, at the time, maybe it was even like high school. I don't know. It was right around that uh, age of adolescence where you're becoming, you know, a, you know, your own little person, but not quite an adult. You're and paying uh, attention to what other people think about you, how you look in the mirror, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What is it? Uh, Stridex generation. Yeah. Generation oil. Yeah. Um, so uh, a lot of that made sense. A lot of the things that, you know, would happen when I was younger, you know, like asthma attacks. Well, I started thinking about it. I'm like, am I having what what the movies show like asthma attacks are? No. And I'm I think about it in the in the moment. I'm like, okay, what's kind of going on when these when these attacks are happening? And usually it's a stressful situation. Well, as someone you know with OCD, I would fixate on whatever was happening. You know, maybe I'm maybe the uh, you know maybe we're in the basement and I'm and I wake up and you know maybe I'm breathing a little bit harder. And I'm like, okay, well you know what? It kind of feels like each breath is a little bit shorter. And I start thinking about it so much that it ends up happening. And it exacerbates yeah. it if it's yeah. already happening. Yeah. yeah. So I, I end up you know making the situation worse. You know, giving you know myself you know um, a a misdiagnosed panic attack, panic attack as a asthma attack. <coughs> but um, going back to uh, you know the ER uh, 2016, um, once once I finally got that diagnosis um, through through that plus you know subsequent visits, you know trying to really you know narrow it down, um, you know we we got a plan of action and that was really nice. We finally had you know I you know the uh, what, what is it the uh, the devil in the room you know, someone to fight against. And, uh, and ever since then, you know, we've, we have ups, we have downs and, uh, we just try to do better, you know, each time. And, uh, I, I think a lot of, uh, of, uh, how I deal with that stuff is, uh, through self-realization and not, um, you know, a therapist or anything like that. Uh, not only, um, at the time, could we not afford to have that, um, I didn't. I didn't want to put that burden on anyone. You know, I, I think a lot of what people have to go through, um, 
you know, some of it should be kept in, you know, but just because it should be kept in doesn't mean that, you know, you got to put something else in that bottle to kind of, you know, dissolve that bacon, not bacon soda, uh, that bacon soda volcano, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, you know, percolating. Um, and I think sometimes yeah. acknowledgement, acknowledgement is huge. Yeah. Like when, when you can figure it out. You know, whatever it is, I don't care what it is. You know, when I when I bring up my ear because I it doesn't work, and they told my mom they thought I was dumb. Um, hey, they I were, feel you. They were gonna test me for something crazy. They're like, he looks out the windows and in, in daydreams, and he doesn't listen to us. He's and diagnosed I, a boy. And I think, well, I thought they were gonna like seriously. My mom's like, they might even locked you up. Like they weren't really sure, and you just couldn't hear out of your right ear. Yeah. Acknowledgement, as far as if it's uh, if it's panic attack, if it's depression, if it's this, and uh, maybe you can recognize that when it's coming and how to, you know, walk outside and meditate or, or do some things to combat against it that if you know what it is. Well, for me, um, for me, one, one way that I was able to really combat it was I, I took a, a real natural approach. You know, I didn't want to do Xanaxes anymore. I didn't want to do antidepressants. Um, I didn't want to do stuff that, you know, made me feel like I wasn't myself Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, someone who is extremely overweight because of the medicine that you're making you take. And that's the worst part. It's like they gave you the stuff that is supposed to make you feel better, yet it it changes how you look and you feel even worse because of it. Or what kind of human are you if you have to take a pill to wake up, or take a pill to go to bed, take a pill to relax, take a pill to get up? Uh, like, what is that? Uh, what kind of human is that? It's a human looking for help. Everybody wants help. The problem is, is what they're given for help is something that harms them. Um, and, you know, it's they only do it because it's the option on the book. You know, there's there's things that, you know, the doctor's not going to recommend. There's going to be things that, you know, the doctor maybe doesn't want to recommend, even though that he knows that it helps, but he's not allowed to recommend it. And and for me, um, I, I use magnesium in the morning. I use fish oil. I use kratom. And I use marijuana. Now, I use the THC form as well as the CBD form. Um, and honestly, it has been... You know, we're in high school. The people that used it were always looked at as the, you know, even even by myself. You know, I thought it was the devil. You know, I never, never, ever in a million years would have thought I would ever use it. But I think yeah. it was stereotypical. Like when I was in high school, you knew the burnouts. You know, the dudes with the long hair listen to heavy metal, wore Levi jacket. They probably smoke pot. But the people that you didn't know who were smoking it, who knows? Like, I mean, you if you fit the stereotype, you were you were singled out, but there was, like, the whole varsity football team well, was stereoty- smoking Well, stereotype or not, why were they using it? What were they trying to overcome? Was there maybe some sort of thing that, you know, maybe they got ang- anxiety really, really bad? So in the parking lot, you know, the, the bad kid, you know, would go, you know, hit one little joint in his car, you know, half of a puff, you know, the good old college try, and he's, he doesn't even realize he's self-medicating, you know, until, you know, years down the road when stuff starts to make sense. Maybe uh, it's just escaping reality because high school sucked, you know? It doesn't have to—you know, yeah. like, really, uh, I think I think t- in today today's society, uh, the medical profession is figuring out that marijuana does a whole lot of good, and it isn't just escaping society, like I just said. Uh, we had Darren McCarty in here in the studio, and he swears he would be dead from alcoholism if it wasn't for marijuana. Dude, there's, it's, it's not known with Kratom, 
but there are so many like uh, progress stories with people kicking some sort of habit just because of that ground up leaf, and they're trying to make it illegal. And what is kratom? Can you explain it yes. in a nutshell? In in a Mr. Peanut shell, the the kratom leaf is a it is a relative of the coffee plant. It's from Indonesia. It's been used for almost a thousand years. Um, basically, you know, it is harvested different times of the year. It's dried out, and then it is mixed into water or into um, you know they'll they'll take it straight and just chew the leaf, um, or they'll mix it in water and have like some sort of tea with it. And with it being a relative of the coffee plant, you know, it's very low addiction. You know, people always say, you know, since it has opiate-like effects, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself with that. Um, people use it to feel better when they are trying to get off of an opiate because it kind of has like the same feeling. Um, so, and you know, there's in, there's an entire you know article people can read that if I tried to say anything about it, I would butcher it, and it's just so much easier just to you know point someone to an article, but. It is such a miracle plant that it is allowing people to no longer be on antidepressants. Um, you know, maybe they're, um, you know, no longer taking opiates. Maybe they are using that to get off of methadone, um, suboxone, or whatever it's called. Um, and it truly is a miracle. And uh, there's there's a couple people that we, we mutually know who, you know, I'll guide you to, you know, for more information on it after the show. And he's amazing at talking about it. And he's the one that introduced me to it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a relative of the coffee plant from Indonesia, been used, you know, a thousand years. And it's, it's amazing. It, it allows me to, to be happy. Well, and the problem, I think, you know, I, I've seen it pop, it started popping up around my town. Like there's different uh, stores that have it on, on their sign. You know, we sell Kratom here. And I think when things like that come in, one, the FDA hasn't tested long enough to make it legal. They haven't figured out how to tax it so they can make money. So they have to make it illegal. Well, <laughs> they can't, they can, they're not going to tax it anyways because FDA is, uh, you know, it, it, you know, let's say it's like a supplement. And theoretically, once it's approved, it would be a supplement. As long as I'm not baking it into something, I can't charge you tax. Oh, all right. And that's, you know, if, if it is something you are ingesting that is not a prepared food for you, there's no tax. I did not know that. I did not know that. We're going to have to do a whole show, like yeah. a panel show, about, we'll have McCarty in here. We'll have, we'll have you in here talking about, you know, how, if it's marijuana, if it's kratom, if it's whatever, how that can help. Because Suboxone and uh, Methadone and those things that help people get off heroin and other opioids, they're just as addictive. It, many of my friends who have used those uh, to get clean uh, it's government-controlled addiction. Dude, and, I, I've and got it, relatives that have been on Suboxone longer than they were on heroin. I have friends who couldn't go out overnight because they wouldn't give them more than one day of uh, methadone to leave the city. They couldn't go on skate tours with us. It's government-controlled uh, drug addiction. That's a whole nother show yeah. because I want to talk about IU Media. Yeah. What you're doing with IU Media is, is rad. The photos you're putting up are incredible. I love uh, the whole package. How did that start? Because you... you uh, we've already went through, you know, coming up, you had your hands in a few different things. You tried some different things. How did you come up with IU Media? Well, IU Media Group happened because of my business partner. When I was when I was starting to help with Team Juggernaut, um, I, I had another friend pass away. And because of that, I was like looking for like kind of like that that new rock, 
you know, I didn't have anyone other than my wife at that point. My other best friend, you know, him and his wife moved to Chicago. We can't afford to go out there. Um, so it's tough. You know, you don't have anybody. And uh, so I started helping uh, C.J. Jackson. I ended up, I initially had a clothing company called Further From Falling. And and I knew he was on the scene. He At the time, he was competing as well. He was uh, 280 pounds. He had abs, uh, veins upon a, uh, veins. Um, he is nuts. He's he's the guy you would be seeing on the the national stage with the big boys, and uh, anytime in the group he would always say, you know, is there anybody that needs you know some money? You know, I've got these little jobs, and every single time, um, barely even knowing the guy, I would always be like, I was like, yeah, I'll do it, and and it, it wasn't even because I needed it because I I never accepted money from him when he would offer it. He would always like have to give it to my wife. I just. I wanted to be there to help. I wasn't there for a job. I was there to help. But you still have to pay the bills. Yes. Somehow. Yes. But I saw more in it than the bills. I was there, you know, to help. And I, you know, I, I want to say helping is my fault. You know, I absolutely should have taken the money, which is why it's great that, you know, he gave it to my wife because we needed it. Um, but no, it, it all started helping out with him. And uh, everybody... Once they see what I have right now, they always get—I don't want to say jealous, but I want to—I want to say, you know, the uh, the why why me syndrome, why not me syndrome. Um, well, and, maybe they'll listen to the show and realize that hard work pays off, and and it's not you you fall out of the womb and and there's a you know a gold spoon. Oh, in dude, your mouth. I, dude, I remember uh, there would be there would be times that you know we would have to go clean the gym in uh, in uh, in Howell. And I lived in Grass Lake, which at the time was 45 minutes away in, you know, a car that got amazing gas mileage. And I still only had enough gas to make it there one way. And but every single time I would go there, you know, whether to wipe down a machine, you know, anything just to help out. And everybody thinks that what I have right now started, you know, you know, it was just offered to me. Um, But, you know, there's 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 a lot of good that can happen when you say yes. And we never know what opportunity is going to be the one that is going to be that million-dollar opportunity until it is in front of us. Well, you don't know which one is the million-dollar opportunity until you've said yes to enough things to see which one it is. Um, and I think people are far too interested in, you know, is, is this helping this is, – is helping someone going to help me immediately or is it not? And if, it, if someone doesn't have that instant gratification of that, a lot of people just say, you know, hey, I'm not going to go out there for 20 bucks. I'm not going to go out there for 40 bucks. You know, go kick rocks. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, I kept saying yes every single time, even prior to, you know, seeing the big picture. That was, that was never in the picture. The big picture was never there. Um, that happened in relation to always saying yes. You know, and, um, you know, as, as that happened, you know, uh, we ended up, uh, we were going to start another clothing company where we were doing the printing itself. And, uh, waste of time, waste of time. And it's like, you know, you, you could buy the nicest stuff in a used market and still have $5,000 worth of stuff. Um, and so we, we, we were trying to do that. Um, and he was originally going to be helping and, uh, you know, it, you know, it didn't end up happening, but. Every single day, I would be, you know, driving to the gym, 
saying, hey, I got the truck, let's go. Um, and, you know, something would, something would come up. It's fine. You know, he's a busy guy. Um, and I've also learned in business that not everything happens the way that you want it to happen. It never does. Ever. It rarely. I can't say never, but it rarely happens. Yeah. And most of the time when you have a mindset of, uh, you know, just uh, being in the moment, and, and doing it for the bigger picture, it happens better than you could have ever imagined. Well, even if I had to spend the extra money on the truck, you know, getting there to howl every single day that we were supposed to be going out, <laughs> all those failed things still eventually equaled out to what happened. And that's fine. Because, um, like, after after that, you know, it got to the point where I was like, okay, well, that didn't happen. So how am I going to continue offering help? Because at this point, I'm getting free coaching and training. So I'm like, okay, well, shit, I gotta, I gotta offer something. I don't want to feel like a freeloader. I, don't, I, I want to contribute something. I will never be someone who says, you know, yes, I'll take this. I'm always gonna have to give something back. And if they say no, I'm not gonna let you give something back. Trust me, I will find a way to give you something back. Um, and uh, usually, I'll probably make it awkward in the in the exchange. Um, so we, we end up, uh, you know, starting this one website that allows the people to check in, you know, their progress every single week instead of having to send in their progress photos via a text message. So, you know, granted it helps me cause I get to, you know, do, uh, progress on my web skills, mm -hmm. but what I did for team juggernaut were, were things that were never asked. And what, what people need to take away from that is far prior to me ever being asked to help is I went out of my way to be a assistance that would allow someone to have a easier day. So, um, yeah, that's it's, it's just it's tons of, of things like that that allowed me to get where I am in terms of with CJ. And then from the uh, the training, you know, we've we've gone everywhere from um, working for another company that was a, a supplement distributor in the state um, that was recently sold. But that's OK, because now, you know, now I'm actually a part of what have became of that, uh, which is going to be amazing. Um, but in that little time frame of when when I was helping with that company that got sold off, uh, that was right around like probably like March 2016, even prior to the, the, uh, the attack. So um, I would have to do, you know, my AM and PM posts, and I would have to be learning, you know, my Photoshop, and uh, just all these little things that, you know, we had to bootstrap because we couldn't afford to have someone else do it. And you're learning out of necessity. Uh, yeah, you have to. Trial by fire. Toss mm -hmm. them in. And uh, so we're, we're doing that, and, uh, you know, one thing leads to another, where uh, the owner of the company, you know, we're talking on the phone late at night, and he says, hey, um, you know, you're doing really good. You know, let's increase what you're doing. And I said, that's that's fine. What I'm going to need from you is, you know, we're still going to have my monthly stipend. And on top of that, I'm going to I'm going to be paid generously in photo gear. I'm going to be reimbursed with what I felt was needed to do my job for the, what he wanted me to do. And, uh, I mean, well, funny story about that. He can't actually remember that he said that. <laughs> so, like, like literally, I have, like, $10,000 worth of photography equipment at this time that he just didn't, did not even remember giving me permission for. And so, um, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> but, uh, 
Not so, good on his part, but a great deal on your part. Oh, I don't, because, I don't give two dams about his part. Yeah, but a great, uh, a great deal because you know you're saying I need this stuff to do a better job for you, and yes. and and you benefit from it. So yes, I think and, that's brilliant. And here's why that is brilliant. Every single thing that I've done, I originally would have did for someone else had they given me any appreciation towards what I was trying to do further for their company. So. IU Media Group. That originally was supposed to be called Mind and Muscle Media Group. Okay. Well, um, that I was supposed to be having like you know a little extra stipend a month, you know, to be able to do that, but it never happened. And then what ended up happening is I kept having like you know less and less and less, um, but still having to do more and more and more. So I was like, I was like, this is stupid. I'm just doing this on my own. Mm -hmm. So you know, I bought the domain, did all that stuff, and then you know, have a huge falling out with this guy. And then again, he can't remember that he had a falling out with me, and he's and then so you got I'm, a drug problem, drinking problem. Like, what's wrong with his memory? Interesting fella. We'll okay. say we'll see. Interesting guy. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, interesting guy. Um, so, so why IU Media? Like, if it was going to be you know muscle and mind, why why IU? IU stands for Iron Union. Okay. I was the original owner of the Iron Union, and when I decided to make it no longer a clothing company and I wanted to do photography, I changed it to IU Media Group. Um, and if, 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 you know, you guys, you got to visit the website and, and the Facebook page because the the photography is top-notch. I like a lot of the husband and wife stuff you do. You do a lot of different kinds of stuff. It's not just straight-up Bill Toko kind of dudes. It's every different walk of life. Well, that's the thing. I'm, I've never, I've never, ever gone out there wanting to be Olin Mills. I'm never going to be the guy that is, you know, here's $15, go take a picture next to that bunny. I'm never going to be the person where my product is me just clicking a button for someone else. People come to me not because what I charge. The people that come to me don't even care what I charge. I make them feel the way they think they look. So... And I, then and then and then re, uh, give a great representation of that through the camera, and that's that's I think what the 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 intangible will say because uh, if you're making them feel the way they think they look, and then being able to to show pictures like this, this you, you and your wife, which I love this shot, but uh, you know I think when you can give them a product and they go exactly. Oh, exactly. yeah. I mean, that was with the cell phone. That's nothing. That was... But I love yeah. the picture. Yeah, that's just a nice picture of Emma and I. Yeah. Um, um, no, with, 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 with my work, I'm not a photographer. I'm an artist. People come to me so that they can be made how I view them. And uh, it's, it's really nice being part of that because uh, my business partner, CJ, you know, he does the entire process in making the before and after. Now I'm the one that shoots them. I'm the one that documents it for them. I'm, I'm the one that uh, commemorizes, or is that even a word? Uh, it is or now. Me it's, memorializes. You just yeah. George Bushed it. It's it's good now. Yeah, just don't it's have good. any pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, we're coming down to like the last four minutes wow. of the show. It goes quick. It wow, always okay, does. Okay, so we are going to need another one. Yeah, we're going to have to do another show. But, um, you know, like me, like I'm not big buff, dude. But I could come visit you and get some photos, right? Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. Well, we already plan on it prior to our, prior to our show uh, this coming month. We're going to be doing the headshots for you. Yeah. Um, 
if people would like to come and see uh, what you could do for them, what's the best way to book? And I know you book in advance and you get filled up and 2020 is probably crazy. Yes, 2020 but... is already actually almost completely filled up. Um, but the best way is to message me on either Facebook or Instagram. And, uh, wow, this this hour has gone oh, gone. It goes quick. It's gone quick. Um, but, yeah, just contact me on Instagram or Facebook, IU Media Group, uh, or even my personal. It's probably even easier than that. Just friend me on Facebook. Um, and if you want to look at the site, uh, that's fine, iumediagroup.com. And it's the letter iumediagroup.com. Yeah, and that's going to be changing soon as we implement a lot of our uh, our PR structure into it. We're doing a complete redesign um, away from fitness while still actually doing fitness. Uh, I just want I don't want to be typecasted. So, well, now let's talk a little bit because we have two minutes. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about the most important thing on on, on the plate. When are you going to come skate with me? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm going to come skate with you as soon as we figure out the balance issue with my ear. We already I did the MRIs. I know there's no tumors in there. I don't have cancer, so that's a huge thing off of my plate. And now we just got to uh, figure out the balance. Um, I'm fine with flat ground, but the second I hit transition, it's like my world is turned upside down. It's uh it's insane. Um, but before we go, I I do want to. Uh, uh, actually, no, we'll, we'll save that for the, uh, the next one because I don't want to make that part too small. It's really important what I was going to say. Um, so we'll have to do that one later. Um, but, yeah, I look forward to the next one. Yeah, we'll do this again, Josh, because yeah. uh, I knew coming in, I knew uh, that we had a lot to talk about. And so I tried to streamline, hit the tip of the iceberg on several different subjects and, and, and give people a little bit of a snippet of who you are and how you got to where you got Probably to. Probably made them more confused because now the people that know me, uh, especially from like the the circle that I'm coming into from your circle, uh, you know, I probably just confuse them even more. They know me as the guy who skates, who drives a van, and who doesn't go to work. Well, <laughs> you know, now you get to figure out from this episode and even more that this is why I don't go to work like a normal person. But that's why I enjoy this show. Yeah. You know, we did it with Phil Stone. Phil ended up coming in here. We did two hours together yeah. because of yeah. that. But I want to thank you. We'll do this again yeah, very soon, to. Josh. Uh, and I want to thank you guys. You know, this show always brings something different. Josh and I have been friends a long time, and I just learned a bunch of stuff, and I'm sure you did as well. Make sure to check out iumediagroup.com. Go to Facebook, Josh Marzak. Check it out. Uh, message him. Follow him. He does some amazing amazing stuff and you never know what's going to come next year next week or next month so thank you guys so much once again for tuning in to the drop-in from the beautiful nrm studios here in farmington hills michigan i am gerald valley that's josh josh marzek do i always i screwed up my own name a couple you weeks ago you do a ago. little bit you do a little bit but this I, is... I screwed up my own name a couple weeks ago but and uh, anyway this has been the drop-in see you guys soon yep